Welcome back to Foresight, the CPA podcast. I'm your host, David McGuffin. On this podcast, we've talked a lot about the variety of career paths now open to CPAs, from developing AI to data science to running an online firm in Canada from Buenos Aires. Newly designated CPAs have a wide range of options ahead of them. But there's no doubt that for many, the ultimate career goal remains the same as it was 20 to 30 years ago, to become the chief financial officer. But here's the catch. The CFO position of today is very different from decades past. And nobody knows that better than our first guest. Ross Woolwich is partner at Odgers Bernston, an international executive search firm. He is head of the firm's CFO practice. This means when companies are searching for a new CFO, they come to him. Ross, welcome to the podcast. Very good afternoon, David. Nice to be here. So when a CEO comes to you looking for a new CFO in broad strokes, what are they asking you for? Yeah, I think I think as we're looking for a, to, to recruit a new CFO, I think there's a couple of different layers to that. Initially, I think as we're looking at a CFO, we're hoping someone spent some time on the technical side, maybe in the corporate controller's office, external reporting, treasury, M&A, sort of has that breadth of functional expertise, I think uh, is pretty, pretty key. I then think that second layer is what's the ownership uh, structure. So again, if it's a public company, there's typically the board, the CEO wants someone with a strong public company background. When it's a private equity owned company, typically seeking someone with prior PEO ex- uh, PE experience or at least have taken a company through a sale or an IPO. Mm-hmm. If it's a family company, they take a lot of comfort from someone that's got experience working within a family office or a family structure. So that sort of helps to drive where we typically look for CFOs. But I think beyond that, and and really the big sort of shift that we're seeing is this need for someone that can be that strategic partner that can really be lockstep with the CEO, be that sort of thought partner as they look at growth and strategy and where are we going to invest our our time and, and capital. And I think that's a really big leap. And I think from my perspective, that's the area that CFOs really need to be able to speak to is where have they contributed to strategy? Where have they helped to Uh, drive value and and demonstrate that strategic acumen. How important then is the CPA designation within that mix? Yeah, I'd I'd say very important. I think the Canadian CPA designation is pretty key. I think boards take a lot of comfort in that. The CEO takes a lot of comfort in knowing that they've got a designated CFO. All things being equal, if they don't have a designation, but they're very strong in other areas, then then that could work. But at the same time, I think that the CPA designation in Canada has done a, a great job in really branding itself more as that business designation. I think the options open to CPAs, I don't even think this needs to be finance. I think there's roles outside of finance that can be potentially open to them. But there's a lot of value that that boards, CEOs, audit chairs place on the CPA designation. So again, I think you're a CPA in the finance stream, you, you're, in a good, you're in a good spot. What degrees do you see competing with CPAs for the CFO role? Yeah... I I probably look at it a bit differently. Look, there Mm -hmm. are certain uh, industries that I can attract somebody from maybe outside the the profession. So, for example, mining, I've seen investment bankers coming in into a CFO chair, obviously, is very big capital requirements, uh, capital intensive, lots of M&A. So investment banking can come in and mining. I've seen 
equity analysts actually in real estate i've seen a couple of examples of folks that you know, come in from an equity analyst position but my view is that that is more of a rarity i think and and sometimes that can be a relationship they've already had with that individual that sort of gives them the comfort level to make that transition i think the bigger issue if i'm in a finance a junior finance leader that's targeting the cfo position is really strategically thinking about how to get there it, it's not easy you've got to be quite thoughtful around your career path you've got to be quite thoughtful around the type of organizations that you're joining is finance at the table does finance have a voice is it an organization where finance is, is really a driver versus being more sort of back office i've seen lots of people's careers where they end up in a subject matter expert role and could be treasury could be the chief accountant's office it's hard to break out of that sometimes when you become known for being very good in that area and it's disruptive to move you out so yeah, I would be less inclined to worry about non-CPAs coming in the function. I'd be very more focused on what's my next step, what's my next two steps, and, and what type of CFO do I want to be? Do I want to go the public route? Do I want to go the private equity route? And again, really being able to navigate that path, I think, is really what, what folks should be thinking about top of mind. You mentioned the, the need for CPAs to go in different areas of companies. Can you give an example of someone, say, you placed or who has followed that route? Yeah, I think there's a couple of different ways companies approach it. And I think in some respects, you have these larger organizations where you hire in that sort of deputy that comes in under the CFO. And then the expectation is that they'll bridge anything that they're missing and position themselves for that succession piece. And now, as you think about very large organizations, complex organizations, for example, Air Canada was an, an organization we worked with to place that sort of that CFO successor underneath the current CFO. This was a number of years ago, but very large, complex business industry that required sort of aviation experience. So, again, if you're going to go to market with that type of, of role, it's going to be very challenging to find somebody that has all the experiences that you're looking for. So, again, I think there's that sort of hiring for that succession piece in mind. But then I think it's about how do you develop that? We've seen examples of Canadian CFOs where they've stepped out of a, a finance role and they've run a business. Again, as the Canadian Tire CFO came over to, to that role from running Canadian Tire Financial Services. So, you know, running a P&L, quite a different proposition to a finance role. Enbridge made, I thought, a pretty interesting announcement last year with the, effectively, they took the head of the pipelines group and put them into the CFO role and the CFO went into the head of the pipelines group. So... I think in those larger businesses, it's a little bit easier to maybe step out of finance, run a division or do something different and then step back in. Uh, I think in the smaller company, small mid-sized company, it's that you, you don't necessarily have the scale. It's a little bit harder to do. You absolutely need to develop that. You absolutely need to develop that, that commercial acumen, that strategic acumen. Working closely with the business, focusing on, on what the strategic objectives are, looking far out as to where your you know, market position is, where you're going to grow. That's really what the experience that's going to set you apart and prepare you for the CFO role. Absolutely, the, the, the technical is absolutely table stakes and you need that and you can't get to the strategic without that. But having that strategic acumen, CEOs are absolutely adamant that's what they want. So I want to get some pearls of wisdom from you because you spend your days interviewing CPAs and others for CFO rules. If someone gets to the stage where they're being interviewed by you, what approach should they take? What are you looking for? 
I think I think CFOs sometimes can rely a little bit too heavily on the technical and and sometimes speak in numbers versus stories. And I think mm. stories are really what's going to get us excited as, as headhunters and be able to sell you as a candidate. Mm-hmm. And it's really the operations and, and the commercial side where those stories really come to life. Mm. So, can you think of an example? Yeah, okay, so again, this is just somebody that I know in the US is the CFO of Iron Mountain, and we didn't interview him as a candidate, but just somebody I got to know through sourcing, but again, just a really interesting background, you know, he was a CFO at a company called Tempasili, saw an opportunity to go to create a direct-to-customer channel versus selling through retail, I mean, this is, you know, a pretty... A big strategic change, but you saw the value in it, built the business case for that, ended up launching it, rolling it out, hiring, sort of building out the store footprint. This is all very non-finance, but again, mm-hmm. it just shows you that's a really a great story where someone was able to spot some a strategic aspect to that and thought, you know, we can really grow revenue here. We can really grow the business. So for me, that's more appealing than say somebody who, who can cut the reporting timelines down or mm-hmm. did something pretty interesting around tax it's very important but again what ceos are going to really resonate what's going to resonate with them is somebody that's going to be able to say have you thought about this or be that true sounding board i think that's really what that cfo at the sort of Hmm. top level needs to be able to to address yeah i mean that, that story that ability to tell that story is about communication in a big way too isn't it oh 100 and i think Again, it's you can be the smartest CFO in the room, in the company, and, and the f- smartest leader in the company. But if you can't get people to see your point of view or get them to persuade them around to see your direction, that's pretty pretty critical. I think even with respect to the investor relations function, you've got to be able to communicate with investors a pretty clear uh, view on where and compelling view on where the organisation is going, what the strategy is. Is it clear that? Being able to articulate that, being able to communicate in a pretty compelling way is, is an underrated, I would say, skill for a CFO. And in my mind, the best are the ones that are able to be very crisp, plain, and be able to adjust that messaging to the audience. So where do you see the role of CFO heading in the future? Yeah, I, I, I truly believe that the age of the CFO is really now. I think they're establishing themselves number two within the organization. I think you're seeing more functions being tucked underneath the CFO. You know, it's very common in a small, medium-sized business that the CFO mm-hmm. is overseeing more than just finance. They're seeing IT and HR, in some cases, legal. So there's a real broadening of that expertise. So I think anytime you get exposure to different functions, I think that can be helpful. Anytime you can take a CFO role on that has a broad mix of responsibilities, that can also be helpful. I think the other sort of piece that I would say is I think technology, data and analytics, that's all coming to the fore, automation. Mm -hmm. I think you need to be technically savvy. I don't think you need to be a technologist, but... I think it's common that we're expected to bring CFOs that have led a pretty end-to-end ERP implementation or starting to really delve into data and analytics, experimenting with AI. Those are some of the pieces that I I think is where the the function is going. And I guess as you start to do more of that, what can you do with the actual finance function itself? What can you automate? How do you drive your function to be adding more value versus doing more of the sort of day-to-day tasks? The other piece that I would say, I think you're going to see, I suspect you'll see more CFOs making CEOs. Uh, Mm. And I think we've already started to see that with some fairly 
recent examples, Sun Life, for example, CFO to CEO, that I think will be happening more and more. So as the CFO sort of role broadens, does that chief operating officer, do we see that as much anymore? And, and does that CFO play that number two role? And then does it make sense in the right circumstances for that CFO to make the step up to CEO? So it's breadth, it's that strategic acumen, it's obviously some technology acumen, and obviously the most important critical part is that strategic acumen. Yeah. So it's a pretty bullish time for CFOs, obviously, and CPAs with the right skill set. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, I absolutely believe that. I think CFOs I speak to, they're getting you know three, four calls a week sometimes, and, and it, you can't take all of them. So I just think the demand for really proven, strong CFOs that sort of meet all, all of what we've discussed, it's a tight market. And the other piece about Canada is it's, it's a sizable market, but not compared to the US. When you're working in the US and you know, you're working doing a CFO in packaging, I mean, you can go and recruit five or six CFOs in packaging that may be based across the country. Right. Canada, it's it's some large companies, but a lot of small, medium-sized companies. So they have to think about creatively, not only pulling from different industries, and we're seeing a little bit more openness to say recruiting from outside that particular industry. But I also think, and this is very encouraging, I mean, 64% of the CFOs in the top 100 companies came internally. So mm. there is a trend that organizations are doing a better job at developing their next CFO in-house. So I think the reality is that finance leaders are in demand. I think there's huge demand for CFOs and I only see that continuing as it becomes more competitive as we see more retirements. Great. Ross Woolwich, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. Ross Woolwich is a partner at Audgers Bernson, an international executive search firm where he is head of the firm's CFO practice. Listening in on the conversation with Ross has been Judy Adam. Judy is the CFO of Fire & Flower, a cannabis company with over 100 retail outlets across Canada. I asked her if the conversation with Ross resonates with her own journey to the CFO office. It really did resonate very closely to my own journey. And um, my journey to the CFO role started off in a very traditional way. I obtained my CA designation nation from one of the you know large audit firms out in Vancouver. Right away, I jumped into the broadcast media industry, starting off first in internal audit. And that was great. It was a lot of fun because it meant traveling all across the country, visiting radio stations and television stations, documenting procedures and controls. And, um, but it was a great way to, to learn about the business. So I quite enjoyed that. And then eventually I made my way to uh, Toronto where I joined Course Entertainment, which is today one of the largest media and entertainment companies in Canada. But when I joined, it was really just a startup at the time. So I was part of the original management team that started Course back in 1999. And over my 20 years there, I'd moved into various finance roles and um, broadened my skills along the way. Ross talked a lot about the importance of broadening your skill set. And I definitely felt like I got that with my experience at Chorus. So that was probably why I stayed at Chorus for so long is because I was able to continue to broaden my skills. There was just so much opportunity, right? As the company grew, there was lots of opportunities for a finance executive to, to 
you know, take on new initiatives and get into the thick of things. So it was all, it was all really good experience. At that point, Judy felt ready to take on the CFO role. But she wanted her first step in that direction to be towards something smaller than Chorus. I felt that moving to a more smaller environment was probably a better fit for me because I really enjoyed those early days, of course. We were growing very rapidly, was able to roll up my sleeves and also scale for growth. So that's what I was looking for. And at my first CFO role was at uh, Mad Beauty Brands, which was a CPG company in the hair care, personal care industry, and had just IPO'd on the TSX. So you can imagine there's lots of a heavy lift and lots of things to do for a finance executive there. And what's quite typical of, of many small cap companies, a finance leader has to wear many hats. And Ross touched on that as well. And so to, in addition to finance, I also oversaw IT. And for a period of six to nine months, I even had to step in and oversee operations for a bit of time as we were transitioning in leaders. Again, a really fun experience for me, great way to learn a business. I, wasn't, I didn't have CPG in my background before. And Judy also didn't have cannabis in her background before she stepped into the CFO role at Fire and Flower. And just as with her first CFO role, she once again found herself in charge of a lot more than just finance. So my role at Fire and Flower, I oversee all of shared services, not only including finance, but also IT, HR. And most recently, I took over overseeing real estate which as a retailer, you can imagine that's, that's quite important. We have over 100 plus cannabis stores now across, across Canada. So, you know, while my journey to the CFO role was very finance focused, once I got into the role, I, I realized that the role is so much more than just being a subject matter expert in finance. And frankly, that's just table stakes. And the role is really, you know, about leveraging your financial expertise to be able to drive value within the organization and really being that strategic business partner to the CEO and the leadership team and also to the board. So the the CFO is really a key player in driving growth for the organization and in strategic planning and oftentimes leading very transformational initiatives within the organization. Um, And frankly, that's what, you know, makes the CFO role really super exciting. Considering the path Judy's career has followed, it's maybe not too surprising that her key advice to anyone targeting the CFO position is to broaden your skill set. And so, you know, look for those opportunities wherever you are within your organization, but also look to volunteer outside of the organization. You have opportunities with CPA Canada or, or not-for-profits. I've been on several boards of some non, non-profit organizations, and I just learned so much just being on those boards, either as a board member or audit committee chair. It gave me a real great opportunity to focus on setting strategic direction and focusing on managing risks. So if you don't have those opportunities for yourself within your own organization, look for those opportunities outside as well. And nonprofit organizations, they're, they're always looking for great finance executives to, to help out. One other thing I would say is look for feedback and advice from senior leaders, again, within your own organization or outside the organization. I've had the privilege of having some amazing mentors in my career who have really guided me and pushed me and encouraged me <laughs> to take on different roles and continue to 
you know, broaden my skill set. That was really helpful. I think as I try to figure out my next step and and my path to the CFO role. Judy Adam is the CFO at Fire and Flower. And that's it for this episode of Foresight. If you're interested in learning more about CPA Canada's Foresight initiative, go to foresight.cpacanada.ca. We'll also have the link in the show notes. Foresight, the CPA podcast, is produced by Podcraft Productions. Please rate, review, and share this episode. It helps others to find the podcast. I'm David McGuffin. We're back in two weeks. Until then, thanks so much for listening. Please note the views expressed by our guests are theirs alone, and not necessarily the views of CPA Canada.